1: Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest from the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed today. Pentecost is coming up, and the title for today's conversation is "Spiritually Preparing for Pentecost: How to Grow in Your Openness to the Holy Spirit." And we are blessed to have a dear friend, a spiritual director of, of many years, Father Peter Ryan. Uh, Father Peter is a Jesuit. He's the professor of Moral Theology at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. Special welcome to you today, Father Peter.
2: Well, thank you, Father Brian. It's great to be here with you.
1: So Pentecost is coming up, and of someone who has an openness to the Holy Spirit, you rank up there in my book and have taught me probably more about just listening and being open to the Holy Spirit. What would you say of why this annual celebration of Pentecost is important for the Church and for us?
2: Well, the gift of the Holy Spirit is something we absolutely need. I mean, it, we can't do without the Holy Spirit, that's, that's for sure. And so Mm -hmm. we need to remember that this is the gift the Lord has given us. You know, sometimes we forget how much we need the Holy Spirit. It seems to us that we should be able to do things pretty well just all by ourselves. Here we are, we're created by God, we have all kinds of gifts and abilities, but, you know, Scripture tells us that if we live according to the flesh, and that doesn't only mean if we're doing some obviously grossly sinful things, but if if we're kind of living our own agenda rather than trying to find and follow the Lord's plan for our lives, we're going to not really be able to please God. But if this is what St. Paul says in Romans, if you're in the spirit and the spirit of God dwells in you, then spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit, which dwells in you. And will, the idea is that it will enable you to live a holy life and accomplish, life and accomplish the will of
1: God. Mm-hmm. So we need the Spirit. What would you say, many times you've had a great witness and openness to the Holy Spirit in life, and it's something you taught me in, in spiritual direction about, like, what is the Lord asking? What is the Lord asking? You wouldn't answer my questions. You would ask me to ask the Lord and then see what he said and then help discern that. What was your experience early on with uh, becoming more aware of the Holy Spirit and the promptings of the Spirit in your own life. Well,
2: you know, like everybody else, I came to understand that I was not able to do it myself to make myself uh, a better person just by my own effort, but that I really needed I needed help from the Lord. Maybe I should tell you a little bit about my own sort of spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. I was uh, it was between my junior and senior years at Loyola College in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I've got my connection with Baltimore,
3: and uh,
1: <laughs>
2: and I well I imbibed that's a carefully chosen word
1: yeah. too much of the secular
2: college culture, and mm-hmm. I was at a July Fourth fireworks celebration wondering why I wasn't making more of my life. I tried to push these thoughts aside because they're kind of painful, but I couldn't really ignore them. And I kind of realized, wow, what a, what a contrast there was between the beauty of the fireworks that night and the painful sadness that was really gripping my own heart. So, you know, later on, I came to understand what was going on in light of the rules of St. Ignatius, but because of the Holy Spirit stings with remorse people who are going from bad to worse. And I couldn't change myself. But before I went to bed that night, I was moved to pray a prayer that I had never prayed or even heard of before. I just found myself saying over and over again, in kind of desperation, Lord Jesus Christ, please invade me with your Holy Spirit. It's a kind of funny prayer. Usually Mm -hmm. we don't invite invasion. (laughs) We usually try to send off invasion. But I I, kind of knew that I would maybe find some way to resist the Lord unless I insisted that he come in like gangbusters. So, you know, it's interesting. The very next evening, without even remembering the prayer that I had prayed the night before, I called a a young woman who was a very faith-filled person that I wanted to ask out. And before I really had a chance to do so, she invited me to go to a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting, and I went that very Mm -hmm. evening. It's kind of (laughs) funny. I found myself torn. I wasn't used to all this emotional expressiveness, Mm -hmm. but I also found myself attracted by the joy of the people who spoke so freely about Jesus and who obviously had some connection with the Holy Spirit. And at this meeting, you know, when the singing in tongues reached a crescendo and the words of the song seemed to be directed right to me, I, I sensed the Holy Spirit giving me strength and peace and joy and uh, I remembered that I had prayed that prayer the evening before, and I just couldn't really hmm. deny that God had very graciously answered it. And that that kind of set me off on the right track from there on. I've many stumbles since, but the Lord answered my prayer. So I guess I want to just say, ask for the Holy Spirit.
1: That's the key.
2: Ask. Beg for the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit.
1: I love how uh, someone taught me one time just a three-word prayer, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. what should I do? Come Holy Spirit, show me what to say. Come Holy Spirit, that short little prayer can be used for for anything. And just just deepening a, just a relationship with the Spirit. But what does that look like to be more open to the Holy Spirit? Like like how do you concretely do that? Obviously, these little just a little prayer to the Holy Spirit was a sign of your openness. But what, what does the riches of the church teach us of how we can just become more openness? So what does that look like in, in practicality? Well, I guess what we need
2: is something that requires a certain sacrifice, and that is detachment. Everybody, I think, tends to have his own agenda, and what we really need is to is to let go of our own agenda. Now, it might be that our agenda doesn't include all kinds of really bad things. Maybe we have our, our own ideas about what the good things are that we should do, but the idea is the Lord doesn't want us to just avoid doing bad things and do any old good things we might want. That's a whole lot better than doing bad things. But he has a a concrete plan for our lives. He wants to walk with us. He wants to unfold a beautiful plan for our lives. And so we need at each moment, at each little crossroads to say, please guide me, Lord. And, you know, then you do the best you can to make the decision that seems best to you. But if you're praying like that along the way, and I really are open to doing whatever it might be the Lord wants, uh, you can be confident that he's leading you.
1: Mm-hmm. And it can be complex because at times there can be things that that are surprises. You know, a person has to uh, change jobs and they didn't expect that, or they lose a loved one. And it can be very confusing for people. A lot of people get, get stuck in that. What, what would you say to that, to people who just get stuck and say, I, I don't think this is your will, Lord, to lose a loved one. Or I don't think this is your... I mean, how, what What words of, of encouragement would you give to them?
2: Well, the Lord's very compassionate. And when we are in sorrow, he's right there with us. He's, he's compassionate. He empathizes. At the same time that we shouldn't too quickly assume that we know this wasn't God's plan. You know, St. Peter wasn't exactly uh, responsive when the Lord said he was going to be suffering and dying on the cross. No, this must Mm -hmm. not happen to you, Lord. And, of course, the Lord's Mm words are pretty strong. Get behind me, Satan. Well, I mean, the Lord loved Peter and kept him as the leader of the church, obviously. But he also knew that Peter had to let go of his own agenda and realize that sometimes the path the Lord calls us on has some unexpected and very difficult elements to it. But if we stick with the Lord, trust him, cry out to him, ask for help, he's going to give it. He's going to show us, you know. We I think the what we tend to do is try to have everything work out on this side of death. But mm-hmm. the Lord didn't really promise that. What he mm-hmm. promised us is a kingdom where we'll be happy forever with no more troubles at all, and that doesn't mean we're going to be miserable in this life. We have a a joy as we anticipate the fullness of the Lord's presence in his kingdom, but we shouldn't expect to sort of have everything just work out just right in this life. I mean, we know from the whole history of the church that the holy ones have suffered, and they've even been martyred, and the Lord has the sacrifices that he's asking of us but also his presence to give us joy that runs deeper than any sorrow.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole experience of the fruits of the Spirit in the most difficult times, of the Spirit of peace, that he can give us a consolation and peace, even in the most difficult right. times, or even in comforting someone in sickness or, or our own experience. I was just talking with someone earlier who's just struggling with that. That's that invitation to surrender because it's just a lot of uncertainty in in his life. and He's not that old with some health issues. So uh, it does require just a a lot of surrender. We are blessed Mm -hmm. to have Father Peter here. We're talking about spiritually preparing for Pentecost, how to grow in your to the Holy Spirit. In the next segment, we're going to have a little bit more. Some of maybe the wisdom of St. Ignatius Loyola. We're talking to a Jesuit, so give us great wisdom of, of how to know when the Holy Spirit is speaking, how to how to have a, a clear understanding of His voice, and even some stories of just different ways you can share stories of people noticing and responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So we are blessed to have Father Peter Ryan with us, uh, the professor of Moral Theology at Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, Michigan. We'll be back in a short moment. We'll be back in a moment.
3: The Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Archbishop William E. Lurie has appointed Adam and Holly Novotny the new liaisons to the Charismatic Renewal for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. The Novotneys are parishioners of St. Mark in Catonsville, active in the Baltimore-area branch of the Marian Servants of Divine Providence, an apostolate focused on intercessory and healing prayer and spiritual direction. The Archbishop asked the new leaders to pay special attention to continuing outreach efforts to young adults and Hispanic ministries. Adam Novotny is the Director of Operations at St. John the Evangelist in Saverna Park. His wife is the Accounting Manager at St. Mark Church and School in Catonsville. They succeed Bob and Julie Sawyer, who have served as liaisons for more than 10 years. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Parents in the United States are more likely to prioritize passing on their religious views to their children rather than their political views, according to data analysis from the Pew Research Center. A new analysis of several Pew Research Center surveys found that most parents pass along both kinds of affiliation to their children. One survey by the center found that 35% of U.S. parents said it was extremely or very important that their children share their religious views, while fewer than half as many, 16%, said the same of their political views. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matasek.
4: With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit mercyridge.com.
0: Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore
1: and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed today and Pentecost is around the corner as the church celebrates this annual feast and the title of our program today is Spiritually Preparing for Pentecost How to Grow in Your Openness to the Holy Spirit. We have Father Peter Ryan, a Jesuit, who is a professor of moral theology at Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit Special welcome back, Father Peter.
2: Thank you. It's great to be
1: here with you. Father Peter, you're a Jesuit, and you are one who has spent a lot of time with things like St. Ignatius's rules of discernment, which are kind of patterns, patterns that Ignatius Loyola recognized that the Lord can help us to know when He's speaking to us, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Can you speak about a little bit of the origin of, of some of this, of, of where Ignatius came from for Ignatius? and maybe some examples of rules discernment. Obviously, we won't be able to do it comprehensively, but yeah, share with uh, our listeners uh, some background on this.
2: Sure. Well, St. Ignatius had a powerful conversion experience after his knee was blown apart by a cannonball when he was in a battle. And during Mm -hmm. his time of recuperation, he wanted something to read. He was interested in reading the romance novels of the time, but all they had available were spiritual books and I think history would be rather different <laughs> had that mm-hmm. not been the case because that mm-hmm. got him thinking and he he realized that he was going in the wrong direction that his life was was not really a following of the Lord until he just turned around and said maybe I can be like Saint Francis or Saint Dominic and give my life completely mm-hmm. to the Lord no matter what the cost and as he did so he realized the Lord was speaking to his heart and helping him to understand the interior motions that he experienced. The rules Mm -hmm. for the discernment of spirits are based on his own experience and he calls them rules for becoming aware of and understanding the different movements which are caused in the soul. The good Mm -hmm. movements to receive them and the bad to reject them. So the idea is that all of us experience interior motions that give us joy or sorrow, and we call it spiritual consolation and spiritual desolation, according to whether they 're really relevant for our spiritual life. Just having you know joy because your team won the game isn 't spiritual consolation so much but if mm-hmm. there's if something happens that is a joy that has spiritual significance for you then We would call it spiritual consolation, and of course its opposite is spiritual desolation. And Mm -hmm. so St. Ignatius understands these rules from his own experience. And his first rule, he talked about people who are going from mortal sin to mortal sin. Well, that's something that the enemy is very pleased with, and he tries to keep us going along that path by having us imagine things that would be sinful and trying to tempt us to do Mm -hmm. them. But the good spirit uses the opposite method by trying to prick our conscience and, and help us to turn away from from sin and use our reason so we can turn to the Lord. But then it's different if people are trying to live a good life. And mm-hmm. I sure hope and think most of our listeners must be doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. going on intensely cleansing their sins and rising from good to better in the service of the Lord the good and evil spirits act differently with that kind of person because the Holy Spirit wants to encourage people who are trying to serve him. They don't, he doesn't need to prick their conscience as if they're already doing what is right. He needs to encourage them to keep going. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, the evil spirit wants to discourage. He wants to, to disquiet us, to put false reasons, to prevent us from really accomplishing what the Lord wants for us. And so mm-hmm. he, he, gives us desolation. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I I remember first hearing that and realizing that it should give people, especially mothers and fathers who are worried about wayward children, to say, oh, they're never going to come back in this. And it was just like, wait a minute. The Lord will never leave them happy away from him. <laughs> he'll leave them the, the restlessness of St. Augustine. And it should give us consolation right. to say, they're not safe away from the Lord. Or like, he'll never give them a, a peace of conscience when they're away from him or choosing things contrary to him. So never forget right. it. It's built exactly. in that way. No one's happy in sin. No one's happy in sin. Right. Yeah.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. And so when we're when we're sinning, the Lord doesn't give us peace because he wants much more for us. He wants us to be innocent and holy and forgiven and filled with joy, but he can't just give us joy on top of all kinds of sin without really dealing with the sin and having us turn away from it and turn to the Lord. And so sometimes he has to prick our consciences. Once Mm -hmm. he's done that and we're really trying to live a holy life, then if we start experiencing sadness and accusation, we can be sure that's not that's not the Lord. It's interesting mm-hmm. to contrast the way the Lord and the way the Holy Spirit and the evil one work. The Holy Spirit wants us, if we're in sin, to recognize our sin, so he pricks our conscience, to go to confession, to confess our sins, and then he then he doesn't worry about it, he doesn't bother us with that and he, he gives us joy and encourages us along the way forward. The evil spirit by contrast doesn't want us he wants us to sin when we do sin he wants us to make very light of it and think it's no big deal and to keep doing that and worse things more and more and uh he doesn't want us to go to confession he has us minimize the sin but then once we do go to confession he wants to accuse us and bother us and discourage us and about the sin that we've confessed. It's only mm-hmm. after he lost the battle of getting us to repent that he, that he then accuses us to try to discourage us. But mm-hmm. the Lord has already forgiven us, and he doesn't hold that against us anymore. And so we can kind of recognize if we're trying to do the Lord's will, but we keep getting, you know, hassled, as it were, from within – that we just need to say, okay, this is not the Lord. God will be with me. He'll show his His face at just the right time, and I can trust him through this time of his allowing me to experience his disquiet. Mm-hmm. It's not
1: from him. That's right. Father Peter, I know that amongst the rules of discernment, I think some essential, the rules include, make sure you discern before during and after and can you give some examples of people who discerned and kind of said like it's certainly this is what i'm called to and then as they continued to discern it was like maybe i'm not called to that can you give some living examples of of the rules of discernment being applied to a, a person's life
2: well you know i teach at a seminary and mm-hmm. seminarians discern whether they're called to enter and you know most of the time almost all the time really they 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 enter because they believe the lord is calling them to enter and mm-hmm. so they discern now they might too quickly assume that their discernment is over for good and they know they need to be a priest before they even enter the s- seminary now god takes us one step at a time and you know you discern that you're supposed to enter and then you enter and then you continue to discern is this where i'm supposed to stay does the lord want me to make that commitment once one makes a commitment you know that's not the time to discern but Entering is not the same thing as getting ordained, and so the whole time in the seminary is supposed to be a discernment. The same is true for marriage. It's not just seminarians. I mean, and for other things that we do in our life, but marriage is a good example. You know, you you maybe discern, should I get into a courting relationship with this young man or young woman, and should I be open to marriage with this person? And should I get engaged, and you discern that, and you might sense I really should, but you're you're still discerning all the way up until you're actually married, although you're you know the idea is, yeah, this seems right, i 'm going to keep going with this unless it becomes clear that that's not the direction that I'm supposed to go in, so you you say, Lord, you show me if it 's not what you want, but as things are unfolding, it seems like this is your will, and he makes it clear just by how the relationship goes but is still discerning there may be certain things that come up that make it clear that it would be not really god's plan for you to actually marry this person despite the fact that it may have seemed that way earlier so you you know you can break an engagement or or no longer be in this romantic relationship that's leading to marriage because you've discerned that you're not called to marriage and there are various mm-hmm. reasons one might come to that conclusion but obviously, once you make the commitment, it's not the time to discern. You don't say, well, I'm married mm-hmm. to this person, but I want to discern whether I should really be married to this person. Well, <laughs> right, right, right. sorry, but it's a little late <laughs> to do that. The Lord's going to mm-hmm. give us, give you the grace to handle the situation that you're in. Even if you didn't completely take all of the prudent steps along the way beforehand, if you've made, that, if you've made the commitment in good faith, he, he's going to take care of you.
1: Is going to honor it. I, I like also yeah. there's a number of people who are involved in, you know, ministries or a job like, okay, I committed to the job. And then maybe a year or so later, they're like, uh, oh, maybe I'm not called to this or a ministry. And it was freeing for people to hear you discern it. Just because you were called to do it at one time doesn't mean you're called to always continue it. And that's what discernment's on and having a good spiritual advisor along the way. All right. these things can be freeing for people to know that. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah, we we should not assume that we have discerned more than we have. You discern that you're supposed to take the job and you maybe assume it's going to, you know, that means you're going to keep it for a certain period of time. But at at a certain point, then you have more information. Is this using your gifts well? Is this meeting the needs in your life well? Are you able to serve well in this job? Are there... Are there other opportunities that might use your gift better and maybe give greater remuneration to help support your family, for example? That kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And uh, so, so, you know, you keep discerning. You want to make sure you're treating the people who hired you well, but accepting Mm -hmm. a job doesn't mean that you've committed yourself to stay in it for the rest of your
1: life. That's right.
2: Quite a different thing if you're entering into a commitment like marriage and priesthood.
1: Right, that's right. So the time went by very quickly. Here we're talking about spiritually preparing for Pentecost, how to grow in your openness to the Holy Spirit. Obviously, I highly recommend for people to to grow in an understanding of St. Ignatius' rules for discernment. And, Father Peter, you are a great grace and just encouragement for many, many people over the years in being open to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us today, Father Peter.
2: Thank you so much. And listen, everybody, please say that prayer that I prayed.
1: Lord Jesus Christ, please invade me with your Holy Spirit. He will answer. Amen. Well, wonderful. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. May God bless you and happy Pentecost. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper
2: or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with The Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for
1: twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576.
4: Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.